When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. From all of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we thank all our listeners and creators for making us an award-winning home for four seasons of audio drama and audio fiction. And now back to our regular scheduled program. Welcome to Moonbase Hope Colony. Moonbase, Hope Colony. The year is 4067. Our ancestors were sent here to preserve mankind in the face of the devastation on Earth. Unbeknownst to us, Earth survived. We can never go home to that atmosphere and survive it. We are the next iteration of mankind's future. Listen to our stories as we continue to adapt to this harsh environment. The Kyleson Chronicles legacy can continue through our struggles here in space, our home. You're listening to Episode 3 of Moonbase Hope Colony. Tides of Change, written by Tracy Babion and read by Sarah Patterson. Chapter 4, November 8, 4067-0500 hours. Walking over to the drink station, all I could think about was having that first cup of coffee. I swear I could smell it from my quarters as it was making. Flipping my long hair back off my shoulder, I grabbed a mug, stuck it under the spigot. I stirred the coffee pouring into the cup. I placed the lid back on, snuck a quick drink, and started to the office. Knowing that today is the new commander running the station, I settled myself at my desk, turned on the monitor, and watched as the computer system went through all its checks and sums. I took a swig of my coffee and placed it back on its cradle. I looked at the screen and gasped at the messages scrolling on the screen. They were all from General Walker. I've got a long day ahead of me, I said in a half groan. Looking at the clock, I realized I was running late. I got up, grabbed my gym bag, and headed to the fitness center. I really did look forward to the start of each day. 
and refresh my spirit to run and let loose of all the tensions from the day before. Entering the locker room, I noticed Tally sitting on the bench, tying her tennis shoes. I stopped and fondly looked at her, delightfully remembering our second anniversary dinner from the night before. She had the dining room bathed in candlelight, a steaming roast chicken, carrots, and a lovely salad already laid out on the table. The best dishes were laid out along with the good silverware. The after-dinner activities were the living end. We danced to soft music until well after midnight, drank wine, ate finger foods, and periodically fed each other small tidbits of victuals. At the end, we sat on the divan, held hands, and watched the electric fireplace flames for what seemed like a bliss-filled eternity. I don't think we actually got to sleep until well after 300 hours once going to bed. Earth to Ruby, Tally said with a light in her eyes as she nonchalantly touched my hand. Huh? What? Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, what did I miss? I said, pulling my mind back to the present. You were miles away, Tally said. She, too, was flushed with remembering the night before. I thoroughly enjoyed last night. Thank you for such a lovely evening. However, she whispered to me, you might want to calm down those pheromones. She had a light laugh in her voice as she brought this observation to my attention. I blushed profusely, walked into the bathing area, and took a quick shower before getting dressed for my upcoming run. The rest of the morning was a testament to General Walker's influence he had over everyone. Poor Santiago was getting a wet for as Walker came up behind him. I watched as Santiago turn crimson red at something Walker had said to him. The run was cut short per the General's instructor's instructions to the drill instructor. With P.T. over, I hurriedly showered again, got dressed, obtained some breakfast from the chow hall, and headed to my office. I needed to be there before Major Briscoe's arrival. I hastened my pace a bit and quickly stored my gym bag. After eating the small meal, I deposited the go container in the refuse bin. Sitting at my desk, the monumental amount of messages hit me square in the face. I sighed and started digging through to the most important. One caught my attention immediately. I read through the missive and groaned. Austin was not going to like this change at all. The whole day and those to come were rearranged into militant schedule by the general. I was not looking forward to Austin's barrage of complaints that I knew was sure to hit this morning. Austin walked through the door like a bull hit in the runway. Shoulders slumped forward and already growling. He walked into his office and immediately started to bellow. As usual, the night cleaning crew had arranged his desk in a neat array of items. He hated people cleaning. Austin always said, A clean desk is the sign of a sick mind. Every day he came in. I could lip-sync his first few minutes each day. He was so predictable. I swear the cleaning crew knew how to keep it going. I laughed at the thought. I walked in and helped him to find the missing items, including his cigarettes. I really hated that sickly, sweet, dirty ashtray smell. The one that accompanied him and, you know, gets all over his clothes. It 
permeated everything he wore. Even his desk chair had picked up a faint odor from his clothes. I just couldn't understand why people insisted on clogging up their lungs. I jumped about a foot off the floor when the general made his presence known. I actually squeaked in fright. As soon as I could, I snuck out of Austin's office went back to my desk, which became my refuge spot for the rest of the day. A young man came into the office and said his name was Josh Binos, and he had an appointment with General Walker. Pressing the button on top of the comm unit, I informed the general of his visitor. Send him in, Major, General Walker said. The unit clicked off. I got up and motioned for the young man to follow me to the general's office. Just this way, Mr. Binos. I directed him with my hand towards the closed door. Thank you, ma'am, he said, and he actually gave me a small bow in return. He followed me to the closed door. Looking at him, I blinked and said, You're more than welcome, sir. The general is waiting for you inside. I knocked twice on the door, and hearing the general's response, I opened the door for the visitor to go in and closed it behind him when he was clear of the doorway. Making my way back to my desk, I started going through the rest of the morning's messages. The printer was going ninety to nothing when the young man came out of General Walker's office. I looked up at him and smiled. Could you please direct me to Colonel Reed's office, he asked. I pulled the map off my credenza. I promptly pointed to where we were. We are right here. Colonel Reed's office is just there. I pointed to the spot on the map for the office he was seeking. Follow the yellow arrows on the wall, and they will lead you straight to where you need to go, I told him. Thank you, he said, as he picked up the map and left the office with the manila envelope he was to contain to Tally's office. I quickly picked up the handset and told Tally she had a visitor heading her way. You'll find he is rather pale. His name is Josh Binos, and he has your communications from General Walker under his right arm. Tally said, he's an albino from what I read. In this morning's messages, I think I see him coming. Thanks for the heads up. Kiss, kiss. And with that, the hands up went dead. I really did love being able to hear her voice periodically throughout the day. I was caught off guard when Austin raised his voice in the general's office. Nervously, I anticipated being called in. I waited for a summons, but none came. Shrugging my shoulders, I went back to work. An hour later, the general and Austin came out of the office, and Walker stopped at my desk, looking quite anxious. Can I help you, sir? Looking at his face. Is there a portable handset I could carry with me? I would like to take a walk around the facility before lunch, he stated. I quickly pulled the portable out of its cradle on my credenza, handed it to him, and said, Whenever you need to leave the office... Just grab the portable from his charging station, pointing to the unit. Looking to where I pointed, he nodded his head, thanked me, and promptly walked out the door. Bewildered, I looked at Austin. How did the meeting go, I questioned. You're quite flushed. He looked ill. Concerned, I asked, Sir, are you okay? I'm fine, he replied. Walker had a bit of a run-in with the AI. He then burst out laughing. Tears rolled down his cheeks. 
You should have seen his face when she answered in that saucy voice of hers. I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall. I bet that was interesting, I said in response. You haven't even got the half of it. He was so bewildered, not to mention embarrassed. Judith had him spluttering. Taking his handkerchief out of his pocket, he wiped his face off. He had me get a hold of Leeds immediately after he shut her down. Then the backup AI started in. He almost jumped a mile out of his chair. Austin was laughing so hard, he actually had to sit down in the chair in front of my desk. I waited for him to continue, knowing better than to interrupt a good story. I was glad he was in such a merry mood. That would make the day go much better, I thought to myself. Austin continued with narration. Leeds gave him a run for his money as well. Insolent to the core as usual. He pulled one of his scening jokes again. I could choked him right through the comm unit. Austin mimicked a choking action with his hand. All I could do was laugh with him. Do you think we'll get through the transition period without screaming at each other? I asked tentatively. Austin looked at me with sorrow on his face. I sure hope so. I've known General Walker since he was a child. He's grown into a fine leader. This period of settling in shouldn't take too long. He then added, I will miss his father and the way things used to be. I nodded my head in agreement and watched as Austin got up, put his kerchief back in his pocket, and headed into his office. He stopped at the door and looked at me and said, If you need anything, just give me a shout. He closed his door after he went in. Shaking my head, I went back to sorting what I need to do first. I lost myself in the morning routine. Two hours passed by quickly. I looked up to find Tally standing in front of my desk. You ready to go get some lunch? she asked me. Glancing at the clock, I was surprised at what time it was. Locking my computer down, I shut off my monitor, grabbed my portable comm unit, and walked to the chow hall with Tally by my side. I knew my favorite dish was being served. Fried pork chops, spinach, fresh rolls, and apple pie for dessert. We finished lunch in companionable silence. I waited for Tally to conclude her meal. She put her fork on a tray, indicating she was ready to go back to work. I nodded to her that I was ready to, as well. We put our trays in the bins by the door and walked back to our individual offices. The rest of the day was nondescript. I stayed busy until it was quitting time, making sure I had everything filled correctly. I cleared my desk and got ready to go home. I got up, went to Austin's office, knocked on the door, and stuck my head in. I'm heading out for the evening. Is there anything else you need done before I take off, I asked. Austin looked up from his laptop. No, that'll be fine. I'll see you in the morning. Don't forget we have morning meetings that start tomorrow, he said and continued. I'm surprised we didn't have one this morning, to be honest. I looked down my feet and replied, Today was definitely out of the ordinary. I'll see you at daybreak, I said as I looked back up at him. With that, I closed the door, turned off my desk lamp, grabbed my bag, and left the office. I was looking forward to quite an evening of leisure with my partner and a nice glass of Chardonnay as a way to end the day. 
Don Wilson's wine was some of the best import you could get on the station. I rushed along the passageway to our quarters. Tally was already home, busy in the kitchen making dinner. Setting my gym bag down by the front door, I went into the kitchen and stood behind Tally. Putting my arms around her waist, I kissed her on the side of her neck and held her hands while leaning in to kiss. She smelled a fresh vanilla and a hint of lavender from her shower. She always took them when she got home. I appreciated the fact that cleanliness was one of her strong suits. Stepping away from her, I went to the cupboard, pulled out two wine glasses, grabbed the wine bottle, and poured a glass for each of us. Handing her a glass, we talked of activities from each job while helping to get to the rest of the meal prepared. I adored how she could make a repetitious days sound so comical. Finished with making the salad, I turned, picked up the plates and silverware already out on the counter. We had an unspoken agreement that whoever cooked, the other one set the table. Dinner was a light affair. We ate while making small talk throughout the meal. I helped take the soiled dishes into the kitchen, rinsed them before putting them into the washer. Tally wiped the cabinets, stove, and table. She untied her apron, hung it back on its hook, I shut the lights off and motioned for me to follow her into the living room. The rest of the night was quiet. I put on some light music and settled onto the couch beside my partner. We read each other until it was time to go to bed at a quarter to ten. Climbing into the double bed, I waited for Talia to clamber in before extinguishing the lights. What a wonderful way to end the day, I thought to myself as I started to doze off. I marveled at how we held each other as the covers pulled up around us. Tally lightly caressing my shoulder. The last thing that ran through my mind before falling asleep was Austin's mention of tomorrow's staff meeting. Thanks for listening to Tides of Change, a tale from Moonbase Hope Colony Trilogy. Music is from David Fessling Studios and used with license to this podcast. This has been a presentation of Privy Project Productions. For more information about the book and the author, visit www.privy-projects.com. That was Sarah Patterson, voiceover artist, reading this chapter. And now a word from our sponsors. We'll see you next time, Space Chimps. If an infinite amount of monkeys with typewriters could create all of Shakespeare's plays in an infinite amount of time, certainly you could create a radio script masterpiece in one month. <laughs> Take part in Ned's Room, the National Audio Drama Script Writing Month, where you are challenged to create an audio drama script before the end of February. And this year, you get an extra day. What do you get if you succeed? Why, the honor and excitement of knowing you did it! <laughs> Plus a nifty reward certificate. How do you go about entering Ned's room? How would I know? I'm just an announcer and I... Oh, oh, thank you, monkey. Uh, for information, go online to sonicsociety.org slash nedsrim. Where are the bananas? Oh, okay. That's N-A-D-S-W-R-I-M as in National Audio Drama Script Writing Month. And to give you a head start, I offer you a first line for your script. Charlie, shouting, Hey, where did all these monkeys come from? The rest is up to you! Enter today! Not you, stupid infinite monkey.